It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 280 of the three-point podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer up there and make sure you sign up for the October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K Run Walk. I want to also thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And fellas, we're recording this on Sunday night, the first Sunday of NFL football, but the big breaking story, you know, we got to get into. We normally catch up here, and I guess we're going to use this catch-up portion to, to talk a little bit about the whole situation in East Lansing and Coach Tucker. I mean, talk about waking up to a shocker when I'm scanning my phone yeah. and I go, what in the hell? What were your guys' thoughts? Yeah, well, it, it was one of those things. I was working the um, the Auburn-Cal game last night. So, you know, over there on the mm-hmm. West Coast, 1030 kickoff. Oh, boy. <laughs> we didn't get out until, I don't know, 2 o'clock or something, whatever. So, you know, during a commercial break in the fourth quarter, I hop on Twitter, see, like, maybe what else is going on in the college football world. Did not expect to see – uh the the few tweets that i was starting to see about mel tucker talk about 
you know, you talk about, uh, you know, news organ organizations dropping bombshells on like a Friday heading into mm-hmm. a weekend trying to bury the lead Saturday at like one thirty in the morning. Right. You're, you know, USA Today and ESPN dropped these stories. It, it was just kind of like, what the hell? I said, you know, I showed a few the few people I was working with. I was like, dude, look at this stuff. And we we're all like, yeah. what? Even the producers were like, should we mention this? And they were like, no, let's. <laughs> We're in the right. fourth quarter of our game. No, <laughs> no need to mention this. But anyway, so yeah, for anyone that doesn't see it, a lot of allegations right now. You know, obviously there's a lot of investigations and trials and stuff that are, is going to go on with Mel Tucker. But he's suspended without pay right now because of a lot of sexual assault allegations. Again, like I said, and it's not looking good for him because, like I said, it's suspended without pay means that there's obviously a lot of smoke to the story so they're letting it play out in court you know they obviously want to dot their i's cross their t's type of thing but it doesn't look like he's going to be back on the sidelines at least for michigan state anytime soon no it doesn't it doesn't look that way i i mean what a bizarre 24 hours and here's here's the thing before we're probably not going to talk much about you know michigan state x's and o's on the field even though it's such a big week coming up against washington i thought this team was really moving in the right direction i think their quarterback noah kim uh has has really been good i thought they maybe could pull off an upset this week against washington they still might be able to even though this is a huge distraction and maybe that's the biggest bummer is just this guy who was supposed to be kind of this quote unquote, you know, savior, savior, they paid him, you know, $90 million. He comes in. It's almost been embarrassment after embarrassment since he's been there outside of a, a Kenneth Walker, you know, transfer uh, in. If that doesn't happen, who knows what the Mel Tucker era even looks like if he even makes it this far, but what a just weird, terrible, sad story that just, it's scary knowing that he is like kind of a leader of young men. Mm-hmm. It's just, it makes you as like a, you know, we're all Michigan fans, but we all like Michigan State, man. We don't want them to be this kind of like laughing stock isn't the right word, but this kind of embarrassment when it comes to these sort of things that keep on happening, man, since the Nassar thing. I mean, I remember going to a Michigan State March Madness uh, or Midnight Madness event when I was like, you know, 10, 11 years old. And all of a sudden a banner gets like dropped on my head and it's like accusing the players of, you know, rape or whatever the heck the accusation was at that time. And that was in 2010. That was when I was like 10 years old. So it's just been a nonstop negative spotlight on this great university uh, for a long, long time now. And it's just a total debacle. And regardless of how you feel, whether, you know, Tucker broke any rules or not, flat out, he looks horrible in this situation. The university looks horrible as a result. And regardless of what you think, I think I think his days are done. I think oh. the, the whole suspension thing is more so just they're trying to get out of this buyout more than anything. Right. But I think he's basically might as well have been fired today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a really good comment there, Jared, because a lot of people that listen to this podcast might think uh, a couple are haters of Michigan State. We're not. And so I'm certainly I'm not. I mean, from my perspective. Michigan State University has been, you know, right at the forefront since I was a little kid starting to watch football from the days of the mid 60s with, you know, Bubba and Webster and Duffy Doherty, Brad Van Pelt played over at MSU. You know how I stand with Izzo. I mean, if it's if it's against Michigan, I'm leaning to Michigan, but anytime else, I'm Michigan State to win all the way. And this has really been a, a disappointing I don't know what, what you would call it, 20 years, you know, with, yeah. with this stuff. I mean, you know, they're bringing in D'Antonio, and I think that's a good move. But remember, his program wasn't totally clean when it came to this stuff. And I, yeah. I just – it makes you wonder, 
the administration over at Michigan State, what goes on? And, you know, and I'm not going to point specific fingers, but, you know, the trustees, the, the, the presidents of the university, the different athletic directors have been in there. I mean, what in the hell is happening? You know, we, we're just looking at this latest Tucker scandal, which it's a he said, she said right now, but there right. apparently is enough information for the university to make the move. I mean, I was telling you off off air. I mean, I read this entire USA Today report. It was as thorough as can be. And, right. you know, it's her side of the story. Let's make sure we're clear on that and everything's still allegations. But where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And from her perspective and everything that was laid out in that article, Michigan State had no they had no choice but to do what they did today. And I guess the big question that I'm seeing all over social media, and I agree with it, what the hell has taken so long for them to really right. bring this out and bring it to the forefront? Why did he get to coach two games so far? What the right. hell is going on over there? Yeah, and to be fair, though, it's a lot of allegations and that, that USA Today is mostly from her side. But he did admit to a lot of it, which yeah. brought on um you know the suspension and the whole lawsuit and everything so it's not 100 percent. he said she said true he did admit true. to a lot of it um yeah that you know the reports are saying that at least in july but maybe even all the way back to december mm -hmm. they knew about this stuff going on and then all of a sudden because this stuff becomes public now they're going to yeah. suspend him so that's basically what you're saying ted like yeah you know obviously you do want to see how some things play out you know if all of a sudden some accusations happen. You're not just going to be like, boom, suspend him, fire him, you know, whatever you want to let, you know, the legal process play, play out of course. But when it was as deep <laughs> as it was, as you, you basically laid out right there, it's insane to me that they let him kind of like what Jared was saying, you know, like he's a leader of this team. He's supposed to be forming these young men into, you know, uh, upstanding citizens and stuff like that and being an example and everything. And, you have to think he's as far from that as what you would want. You know, as much as people, Michigan State fans or other fans of schools or, you know, media can hate on Jim Harbaugh for maybe a little bit of a quirky character as he is, at least everything, stuff. everything we can see from the outside looking in, you know, he sure yeah. seems to be doing things the right way as, as far as trying to stand up for his players and trying to, you know, um, be an example for them to be, you know, upstanding citizens, good young men once they graduate from Michigan and all that kind of stuff. And it just seems like Mel Tucker, I don't know what happened. You know, if it was something like he got a little in over his head, maybe the power went to him to his head a little bit, getting a hundred million dollar contract and basically everything given to him by the universe, you know, Michigan state university, maybe, you know, the greed got to him a little bit. You started seeing him on sidelines of NBA games and at professional UFC fights and boxing matches. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Should be enjoying his life, of course. But, you know, the Jared, you've talked about the Instagram posts before with recruits and, you know, a bunch of other stuff that just seemed a little off, you know, I don't know, for, for a head coach at a big program like Michigan State. And now it's kind of coming to fruition that he clearly, um, things went sideways for him. And, you know, you brought up Mark D'Antonio and, you know, I'm – He's he's the best coach probably ever at Michigan State. Yeah. He's one of the best in the history of the Big Ten. But he doesn't have a squeaky clean uh, resume either. I mean, he had a lot of his players go through some legal stuff too. No no program is squeaky clean, if we're right. being honest. Um, but it's not like he's like this 
perfect coach with a, a clean track record. So my thing with bringing him back, I understand the fan base and some of the people in the, the administration probably do want to bring him back in because of the coach that he was for him. To me, when when there's all this Nasser stuff went down and some of these other things they've gone through, like what they do, they brought Ingler in and that was just a train wreck. <laughs> and they, disaster. you know, it was like a good old boys club type of thing when they're trying to go through this stuff. I almost feel like you need to just go completely outside of MSU. You need to get anyone who has any ties to any of this stuff away from the program because it just seems like if you bring D'Antonio back in, yeah, hopefully he can right the ship. But who's to say like some of this stuff doesn't keep going and he brings some of the guys back from, like you said, the last 15, 20 years when it was kind of messy. And I know Izzo is up on a pedestal higher than the Empire State Building and East Lansing. He doesn't have a squeaky clean resume either. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has gone on with his players. Jared talked about that banner that dropped on his head and, you know, we don't have to get into all that stuff. So it's just, it's one of those things that it's sad because, you know, you think about the parents and, you know, sending your kids away to play for these coaches for, you know, the next three, four five years, basically supposed to be teaching them the right and wrong and getting them ready for life after school and then stuff like this happens. So if he gets fired, uh, there's like a 30-day window for the players of Michigan State that they can transfer, basically mm-hmm. like with with no backlash. Because you know, like if your coach that recruited you right. gets fired, you can bounce. If he gets fired, and there's no telling what ha- happens to that roster, there might be. I mean, they might be down to walk-ons. You know, who knows? Or they might rally. Maybe D'Antonio will get them to rally. Who knows? Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I get what you're saying about you know, D'Antonio, maybe it's time to just kind of wipe the slate clean with a new regime, just top to bottom, almost like administration, head coach, people that are overseeing the program, kind of like D'Antonio has been. But I think you do need him to come in and like kind of stabilize the ship. Yes, he wasn't a perfect, you know, in terms of everything that went on in the locker room and all that sort of stuff. Like you said, nobody, no program is, but he wasn't doing dumb and weird and creepy things like Mel Tucker was. So at least we can make that separation where right. he's not the idiot that Mel Tucker was, which even if you say, you know, this was clearly some sort of kind of relationship with Tucker and um, the user, basically, uh, uh, you know, between these text messages and the numerous different phone calls they had. But just to try and kind of spark this sort of whatever it was relationship with, um, I think her name was Brenda. Is that correct? Yeah. Brenda was coming Tracy. in speaking yep. or yeah, Brenda Tracy, who's coming in to speak to the team about, you know, rape and all the things that she's been through to to kind of view this situation as Mel Tucker trying to like, I don't know, pounce or whatever you want to call it. It just was right. weird and off-putting. And it yeah. just makes you see those cigar videos, the Ferrari pictures, the riding around in the slingshot on campus. It makes that look even worse. But we don't even need to get into that, man. It's just right, time right. to move forward. The gotcha. suspension thank God this, this hearing is coming up, you know, October 5th. We don't have to wait freaking forever for it. It's not like it's going to be at the end of the year. The decision has been made. He's out. Um, and it's just a matter of time before they come to that officially. But Alan Haller, who was Ooh. kind of the main guy leading the charge to hire Mel Tucker before he became athletic director, to me, man, this whole debacle has shown he's in way over his head. And that's what Graham Couch said. Yeah, uh, Not Graham Couch, excuse me. Mick McCabe tweeted that out. And I agree with it 100% what more do you need to see of this guy in terms of leadership? It's time for a new direction. Like you said, Matt, maybe wipe the whole slate clean administration, head coaches, everything hit the reset button after this year, because it's been ugly. Yeah. Haller's got to go too. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind and you know, you know me, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to, to betting, 
that I'm betting, I'd bet every bit of money that I have that Tucker will be fired. I mean, there's no, there's no getting out of this. I mean, it's a done deal. And it's, it's sad to see, because we've talked about, you know, Michigan state, the players and the families, what happens now? What, what are your guys gut feeling? Are they going to rally maybe for this Washington game as a team, but then kind of fall apart? Are they going to be able to pull it together and, and put some sort of season together now that they've got the new interim coach and D'Antonio helping out? This could go one of two ways, right? Yeah, I think maybe the Washington game, they might be able to rally and yeah. pick up a crazy W because it seems like at least judging by, you know, what you see on, on social media, on Twitter, the fans are going to rally around the players because kind of like what you guys are saying, the fans have nothing, or sorry, the, the players have nothing to do with this. This is a Mel Tucker issue. So I've seen a lot of, you know, people on Twitter saying us fans, we need to rally around this team. We didn't show up to Spartan stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to try, if we don't want to go into a five, six year rebuild, no we need to rally around these players and try and get them all not to transfer. Um, so yeah, they, they might be able to rally a little bit, but Part of it, too, is I know, Jared, you were saying it looked like they were maybe figuring some stuff out. Their roster wasn't very good to begin with. You know, I mean, they were going to struggle for five, six wins this year anyway. So if now they're losing their head coach and especially if a few players transfer, I mean, we might be looking at another you know season without a bowl for Michigan State. So, I I mean, I already said what I think. I I think bringing D'Antonio back is a bad idea. I I get what you guys are saying, you know, because what he did establish, he rebuilt that program. I mean, Ted, you remember as well as anyone, that program was almost in shambles with like John L. Smith and some of those previous coaches. Yeah, Tucker's now passed him as worst Michigan State coach ever. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) wipe that 11-win Kenneth Walker season out out the window. Um, I just – I think it's one of those things where like if you keep – you know, if you keep bringing back the same people, what's going to change? That That's just my thing. Like, you know, we've laid it out how ugly it's been for 15, 20 years or whatever. And I've seen people even saying, like, you need to make Izzo the AD and do all this stuff. And I'm just like, I get y'all basically worship Tom Izzo, but he should not be the athletic director. Maybe when he's done coaching, but let's not act like this guy is like a deity and he's done nothing wrong. I understand Spartan fans. I mean, they bow at his feet, basically. But I don't think it's that far fetched. <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, I guess, but you know, you see a lot of. There's been. I remember some stories down here in the SEC when former coaches mm-hmm. go to become athletic directors and they like can't separate themselves. So I don't know. It might go. That's well, true. But, I don't. Um, no, it's time. It's time for Mister Outside Hire, as they yeah, would say right. in the office. It's it's time for I don't know. You go and get somebody who's clearly a, a a great athletic director. I don't know Ward Manual or something. Give him an offer. He can't refuse. Maybe some of this money you would have paid to Mel Tucker, and you just hit the reset and you go back yeah. to square one. In terms of your you know questions, Ted, I think I, I I was maybe more so impressed with Michigan State these first two weeks uh, than you guys were. I thought this is a team that was going to kind of exceed expectations i thought maybe it's an eight win team and i've been telling people i thought they were going to upset washington this week i don't know about that anymore you don't know like you said you don't know what team you're going to get you're either going to get you know the super inspired you know playing with their hair on fire team or you're going to get a team that's going to lose by 40 because their minds have been on other things all week i don't know 
Uh, I will say, you know, coming into the Michigan game, I would have much rather have played a Mel Tucker coach team <laughs> than a D'Antonio team. I don't care if D'Antonio has barely any say in what's going on. There's something about him on those in uh, on those sidelines that immediately gives Michigan State a boost against Michigan. He, it's almost like Jim Harbaugh, how he's figured out how to beat Ohio State and Ryan Day. D'Antonio has always had that. So <laughs> that makes me a little bit nervous in that sense. But it's just a, it's just depressing. I mean, how much would we rather just be talking about, you know, a great upcoming game against Washington, right. two unbeaten teams, Penix Jr. coming to town, five o'clock start. I just, mm-hmm. it's just a bummer that that's not what we're going to see. Yeah. Well, this is Sunday and this was the hot topic, but I agree with you. Let's move on talk about some other good stuff in the world of sports. We'll have the prep spotlight coming up here in a moment. I forgot to promo Tyler from Michigan High School Football Frenzy will be joining us in this next segment. So we'll have it all going next Brought to you by Jacobs Insurance right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Dr. Ashraf Albana will be again hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will also be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Memorial Healthcare in Owasso. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys, it's time now for the Prep Spotlight presented by the Jacobs Insurance Agency. In just a little bit, we'll have Tyler from Michigan High School Football Frenzy. But first, we'll take a look ourselves here in some of the big games that just took place. Corona down Brandon 44-7 to last Friday night. I was there for that game. Wyatt Bauer continues to ball out, man. Eight of nine passing, 221 yards, three touchdowns. Ran for another 121, three more touchdowns. Had a 71-yard <laughs> touchdown called back. I mean, you can't say enough about the Bauer boys, but Wyatt had a real special night Friday night. I know you you mentioned you were there on the sidelines. I don't I was trying to, you know, keep up with your your live tweets. I don't think I could refresh fast enough with the touchdowns. I swear I every Every time I reopened Twitter, it was Eddington touchdown, Bauer touchdown, touchdown called back. And it was just like, what is going on out there? But uh, awesome game for sure. Yeah, you would think that he's he's on his way to a 1,500-yard passing season, 1,500-yard rushing season. Who knows, 30 to 40-plus touchdowns. I mean – it's just it's it's been awesome to watch and you read the you read the box scores you see your highlights on on Twitter but I'm excited yeah. to go see a game hopefully I get to Corona Goodrich I'm, I'm cool. excited to see what this team looks like in person man it seems like they got a lot of good mojo rolling yeah and I'll tell you this team is made for turf you know every I think pretty much I was asking uh, your your dad John how many schools now have the turf and every school I think in the Flint Metro League that Corona's in has turf other than Owasso. There might be another one, but every, schools are going to the turf. And, man, when you got speed to burn 
like Corona and the Bowers, man, that's that's a that's a recipe for a lot of points. And they they are definitely outscoring their opposition. And I, I got to tell you guys one thing, too. I am really digging being on the sidelines. I mean, it's a whole different world from being up in the press box. I mean, you know, it's I don't have to do a whole lot of prep. I show up to the game, but I, you know, I'm covering it for all our uh, all our followers out there. I put it on my own site at Ted Fatale, but uh, we share some of the better clips on Three Point Podcast. We don't want to just drown people because I right. am constantly. I, I here's my here's how I do it. I take video every single play, and if it's not a dud play, I delete it. Go to the next play. <laughs> You know, nice. but but you're right, Matt. By the time sometimes some of these plays get downloaded, it's ready for another play. You right. know, got to get right to it. So I'm having a blast. I really, and this is kind of like it's come full circle for me. You know, I remember back when I started out, I was strictly covering Corona games. Uh, I would go to other games in the playoffs. I followed a lot of Tony and East Montrose teams when you know Corona was knocked out and be down on the sideline. And it's just a whole different world down there, man. You see the pads popping. You see the real speed. It's awesome. I'm loving it. I'll be honest. You've kind of like you've you've made me because that's what I mean, Jared, you did it, too, for Fox 17. I did it for, uh, I think, two two high school football seasons. I was going on the sidelines there, you know, with Jason Hutton and the crew Mm -hmm. over there um, shooting a couple games on Friday nights. It's fun, especially if you like high school football like us. But being down there on the sidelines and shooting the touchdowns, yep. you know, the energy, the crowd, and, you know, like you said, hearing the pads pop, it, it is really cool. I, I can tell you're enjoying it. it it's fun. And you, you mentioned, you know, Owasso. You, you brought them up. I know we were we were talking yep. about uh, next week's game, that, or I guess later this week, the Owasso Corona crosstown rival. We were hoping for the 3-0 three versus 3-0. Three and oh versus three and oh. I know Owasso did fall to Clio. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week so i mean I, I think it was a battle with clio from what i saw and I, I mean they they might be able to put up a little bit of fight you know we we don't want to say anything too bad but it seems like corona is going to be the heavy heavy yeah. favorite it's in a bummer they lost the big thing game. i was yeah the big thing i was gonna say what did i see that that corona or the clio running back rushed for like 400 yards or something crazy i didn't, I didn't see that i didn't see that but he rushed he for like 400 game, yards so. and six touchdowns or something so <laughs> That just made me like, man, you, I mean, what you were laying out, Ted, with Wyatt, mm-hmm. uh, they might have a little bit of a field day there at Wilman Field. Well, you talked so. about the Owasso game. They got beat 50 to 36. It was weird. They led by four and a half, but that fell apart there in the second half. And check out this stat line. Their quarterback, Austin Blaha, I don't know what happened to to uh, their original starting quarterback, but uh, Blaha had four touchdown passes through four picks you know you don't see that stat line it's like a james winston like stat line right yeah that's like uh some of the other games of note chesanine down mount morris 36 zip the indians picked up a lot of confidence obviously in that win over new lothrop they improved now to two and one solid play behind Braden florian and uh, mason struck that was the military classic it's always neat when the schools in our area you know pay tribute to our military people. And Chesedine does it about as well as anybody. You know, we know Ithaca has the whole field in red, white, and blue right. stuff and and dedicated to our armed forces, but they do it up right at Chesedine as well. Uh, in eight-man eight man football, Byron's still trying to figure it out. 62 to nothing to Morris. Wyatt Cartier and Joel Fisher had three touchdowns each in that one for the Orioles. Um, New Lothrop. Picked up a big win over Clarkston Everest, 26-15. Hornets now 2-1. Ovid Elsie continues to roll. Trace Tokar, 16-20 passing, 221 yards, three touchdowns. He's only a junior. And 
I talked about Ithaca. They downed uh, Saginaw Novell 58 to 7. They're definitely going to be a team to, to reckon with in Division 8 for sure. Yeah. Also, a couple quick cross country notes. Owasso girls took first place in the 11 school bath invitational, and New Lothar boys first place at the Genesee invitational. That gets us up to speed here locally. Let's take a look at some of the other stuff going on in high school football with Tyler from Michigan High School Football Frenzy right after this from Jacobs Insurance Agency. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, let's keep this Prep Spotlight going. Again, as always, brought to you by our friends at Jacobs Insurance. We'll bring in now friend of the pod. You've been on a few times now. You were in on the Prep Pigskin Preview, Tyler. Uh, you run the Twitter account, Michigan High School Football Frenzy. Everyone out there, give it a follow, especially if you like high school football in Michigan, at M-I-C-H-F-B Frenzy. And, uh, you know, he keeps you updated on everything going on with those Friday Night Lights. So, Tyler, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, three weeks in, is it already crazy? A, a, a third <laughs> of the regular season is already done. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it has uh, it has flown by. I feel like we haven't even got our – got our bearings underneath us and we're already a third of the way through the regular season the playoff push is already on so yeah yeah it's crazy is there anyone um so you know thinking about the teams that you kind of been keeping your eye on i know in the prep pigskin preview you were mentioning teams like frankenmuth ithaca petoskey um anyone any other ones that going into the season you were thinking they were up here and maybe they've been a little disappointing. Any other ones that are maybe surprises? Just maybe what what are a few teams three weeks in that either good or bad, you know, you're kind of surprised with? Yeah. Um, one that kind of surprised me on the negative end was uh, Muskegon Catholic Central. Um, they've taken a couple big losses that we're not used to seeing and then just barely edged out Benton Harbor 18-14. So, it's not very often that you see see that happen to Muskegon Catholic Central. They're usually a powerhouse starting one and two with a, you know, kind of iffy win, um, kind of compounded by the fact that the team that beat them, New Lothrop, kind of blew them out. And then New Lothrop went over and got blown out by Chesning. So, right. so I mean, it just kind of that weird triangle. You usually don't see that very often, but yeah. Muskegon Catholic Central on the negative end kind of has surprised me, maybe disappointed a little bit. The the one team that I, I love that you always talk about, and I fell in love with them. I'd never heard of them before until the state finals last year, Gladwin. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping I get to see them at the Ford Field again this year. How have they looked to start the year? Yeah, they have – they've been good. Um, I think they definitely have been challenged at times. I think this week will tell a lot. Um, they go to Claire this week. I think this will kind of be – the game you can kind of judge them on. Um, they played Ogama Heights in week one and kind of struggled in the first half, maybe trying to, you know, get everything together, trying to right. pull themselves together for the first week, um, but then pulled away in the second half, and then they've kind of had some, you know, lesser opponents the last couple weeks. So I think that playing a good, solid Claire team that's always well-coached, that's 
fundamentally sound, I think that'll be a good test for where they're actually going to be this year. Yeah, that that Claire facility up there is a beautiful high school football field. So if you're going to go yes. to that game, that'll be a lot of fun. You know, you're talking about Gladwin a little bit too. I mean, uh, rehashing it just a bit, they won the state championship on a field goal last play of the game. And, you know, I was going to talk about our Corona Cavaliers a little bit more. They have a really good kicker, Braden Anderjack. And, uh, you know, it could, when you get deep in the playoffs, a kicker can be really, really important at the high school level, especially, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't see, the, the inconsistency of a high school kicker is going to be a lot more than obviously the college and pro level. So if you have a good one, you really want to stick with them because that can help you, especially like in times like that. We've seen it a couple of years ago um, with Unity Christian and Chelsea when Chelsea kicked a long field goal to complete the long comeback as well. So, yeah, it can be a weapon, especially deep in the playoffs in these super tight battles. If you can get a guy that you can trust to just get in field goal range, then that would that's definitely the guy you want to ride. Yeah, I have just a little bit of a general question for you, but you seem like the ultimate I just love football guy. How does it feel to just be back on the sideline this year? <laughs> does it feel like it's like kind of part your your whole again? There's a part of you that, yes. that leaves in the winter and now your whole. How does it feel? <laughs> yes, yeah. My my schedule, I prefer it to be crazy. I prefer, you know, running up and down the sidelines and, you know, up being up in the booth. I was blessed enough to be up in the beautiful press box that uh, East Grand Rapids has built this past weekend. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. The facility's super nice. I walked right up there and immediately they were super happy to see me and greeting me and stuff like that. And yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful spot to be. But yeah, definitely I prefer being on the sidelines, running up and down, trying to get good footage, trying to cover the game the best I can. But yeah, yeah this is definitely the best time of year. I mean, you got Thursday night football, then you got Friday night lights. Then on yep. Saturday you got college football. You know Sunday NFL, Monday night game. Like this is this is the time where I feel <laughs> at peace. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and especially what the first two weeks there were a lot of Thursday games. You know, obviously some Fridays, and then there's always some some Saturdays still sprinkled in for high school football. Anyway, another thing you mentioned in in your you know a previous interview with you and then the prep picks can preview were teams moving divisions again i mentioned ithaca um you brought up a few other ones that that changed divisions that um you were kind of keeping your eye on yeah. anything there that now going forward uh you're you're excited about or any teams that yeah. you're like man they're just going to make a run because they you know maybe like in ithaca they move divisions yes. and yeah ithaca ithaca is the big one for me right now um i was Fortunate enough to be there against uh, Standish Sterling Central. They played, got a good win, 39-26. Standish scored late to kind of make that look better than it was, but it was it was all Ithaca, it was all Jackson Con. their quarterback, was just yeah. lights out, threw for over 400 yards. He was awesome. And then this past week, they beat Saginaw Nouvelle 58-7. So, I mean, and from here on out, 9-0 and is not out of the question whatsoever. Yeah. Their Their schedule sets up really favorably to really just sharpen sharpen the iron, try not to get any uh, injuries here. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be a deep threat, which is weird to think about Ithaca possibly playing at 10 a.m. Right. The first, the first game of the year, you know, you're not used to that. Usually they were the last game. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be weird to see them in Division Eight, And it looks like they have a legitimate shot at making a pretty deep run. Is there a uh, player? I mean, you've been all over the state. Uh, EGR. I mean, you're not kidding about their facility. It's it's number one. 
in the state. It really is it's with the beautiful. lake behind the away stands, the glass press box. It's awesome. Is there a player who's really kind of surprised you and caught your attention this year? Yeah. So uh, week one, actually, we got to see Northville play. Mm-hmm. Um, Northville has really surprised me so far. Their defense looks unbelievable. They've beat some really good teams, and uh, now their schedule is starting to kind of look almost like Ithaca's. I mean, it's not nearly as easy. Still, the KLA is tough to tough to play in. But uh, yeah, Drew Rankin, the defensive back there. Um, I watched him. He's probably about five nine, and I watched him against uh, Brody Cozen, who's committed to Indiana. Locked him up completely. Kid's about six six. Locked him up, and then Desmond Steffens as well as uh, he's a defensive back that's committed to uh, Boston College, and he locked him up as well. So mm. he was, uh, yeah, he was lights out. Drew Rankin is one guy that I could definitely see being a really good steal for like a D two or D three team. Yeah, he could absolutely be one of those guys. You aren't right. kidding about Northville, man. I, I, I have a buddy who uh, went to Northville. He's an alum. He's been he's been to a couple games this year. He, they seem to be the real deal. They beat Clarkson week one. Clarkson has been you know competing with Southfield A&T, who just beat Cass Tech. I mean, Northville could yeah. beat anyone. Do you think that they have a maybe a Ford field trip in the future? It's very possible. Their, uh, their quarterback, Isaac Pace, has stepped up really nicely. Um, they had a quarterback by the name of Luca Pryor last year that was really, really good. Ended up actually committing to Calvin, and he's yep. over there helping build that program. But, yeah, he was lights out last year, and Isaac might be on pace to even do better than that. I mean, if their defense plays the way that they have, I mean, they'll be in every game. Their defense is keeping them in every game. And if their offense can just score enough, that yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why they can't make a pretty deep run. The only well, Tyler, problem is is running into Belleville. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Tyler, before we let you let you go here, where are you off to Friday night? And again, tell our listeners best spot to catch up with you. Yeah. So this weekend I definitely am thinking I'm down to two. I know that you guys told me I gotta get to Owasso. So it's very possible I end up <laughs> end up right. going there and watching Corona. I just want I want to see them and I want to see the facility. But Claire Gladwin is on my on my list as well. So Probably be about Wednesday before I know for sure. But if you're if you're if you're looking for atmosphere and an all time you know facility and setup, Corona versus Owasso Wilman, that's what you're going to get. But if yeah. you want to see a, probably a better game, it's it's yeah. Claire versus Gladwin probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and seeing the brothers play as well is is definitely part of the reason I want I want to catch a uh, Corona game sometime this year. So Dude, they're playing they're playing real well right now. I'll tell you that well, again. I, tell our listeners what, what would be the one, Ted and Jerry that in a couple of weeks when they play Goodrich, right? Goodrich that would be a good one at, at Corona's field. They have a nice setup too. And that'd be yeah. a, that'll be a great game. Yep. That one's on our radar as well. That one that one definitely could be the one. But uh yeah, M I C H F B Frenzy on I guess Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, we got links to prep red zone. I write for them. Uh, I got articles coming out all the time, and then I got a link to the Instagram as well, kind of the more photos and videos of, you know, kind of the sights and sounds that I see on Friday nights. So, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and hopefully everyone can uh, come follow along. All yes, good. Yes, appreciate sir. the time. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me again. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. 
At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Awesome for Tyler to join us. I mean, he's got a tough decision coming up on Friday night, which game he's going to go to. I mean, a Corona versus Owasso at the atmosphere at that game versus, you know, a great matchup between Claire and Gladwin. I don't know what I would pick, but uh, let's talk to, about some pro football. Uh, our Lions, man. Before we get into the actual game, the storyline that kind of evolved from that mm-hmm. game was Mike Tirico's comment. I actually sent it to you guys. And I'll be honest, I sent it before this became this whole, you know, nationwide story. I just thought it was more so confirming what we talked about in the pod last week, which was as soon as those injuries happened to the Chiefs, people were going to discount everything that the Lions did in that game. Yeah, And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I Ted, you're the one that really kind of came out guns a-blazing on this story. I didn't think what Tariko said was that bad. Was it the best thing I've ever heard an announcer say? Was there really a purpose for it at the very end of the game when everything was said and done for him to say that? No, I bet you he regrets it. But he does. I thought the outrage was maybe a little bit overboard, but you were kind of the, leading the charge. So explain to me why it was justified. Well, I'll, I'll explain it exactly. It's a national broadcast. The Lions, I don't care if they're miss, if the Chiefs are missing two of their better players. The Lions just won the opener nationally for everybody. And the, the it's the timing of what he said. It right. was, I mean, if you're watching that game live, and I assume you were, I know I was. Yep. And when he said that, immediately I went, are you kidding me? Are you right. kidding me? He's saying asterisk in the NFL. Give me a break. So I'm, I was outraged. I was, but I also give the guy a break. I mean, you're saying something on live TV. I don't think it was right. intentional. He, he lives in Michigan. He's a professional broadcaster. Okay. That's the kind of story that should have disappeared like 12, right. 24 hours max and then move on. But Lion fans are still harping on that. Get over it. Get that, get that inferiority complex behind you. This team is different. Move forward. Let's go. Yeah, no, I'll I'll be honest. I was pretty annoyed with it too. Mostly because like you said, Jared, it's kind of what we talked about last week. It was almost like any, in, in some sort of way, 
people are going to find a way if the lions win to discredit it. And like, I mean, he did walk it back. He, he has um, mm-hmm. done a couple interviews and people have asked him about it. And, you know, he basically said like, listen to the rest of the broadcast. I was talking glowingly about the lions the whole time. I don't think he literally meant asterisk, you know, and he said maybe asterisk was the wrong word. He was just trying to basically say like, you know, this was a big note that Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones were hurt. He just chose maybe the wrong word, but in the moment, like you said, Ted, it was like, it just felt like another way that people are going to take a shot at the lions and say, this win doesn't count because right. As we know, injuries happen all the time in the NFL. The Bengals earlier today, we, we know Joe Burrow's been hurt and is still banged up, and they laid an egg. So are yeah. we going to say that, that that win is an asterisk, you know, um, you know, for the team that they played? And, you know, so we know injuries happen all the time. So that, that was that's basically what it comes down to. But that that was that was one of the most fun games yes, to watch as a Lions fan in recent history, anyway. Everyone that I saw at work the next day was just like basically giving me hugs and just like, <laughs> Oh, that was the coolest game. And I was like, you really have no idea how <laughs> awesome that was as a lions fan to yeah. watch them. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a blowout one way where there wasn't any drama, like for them to battle with Patrick Mahomes, the defense to come up with big stops, Jared Goff to basically go, you know, head to head with the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like outplay him, but you know, he beat him and, you can see what this offense is going to be with Gibbs, St. Brown, when Jamison Williams comes back. The offensive line is just dominant. I mean, yeah, they look good. I, I just hope I told some people I, I told some people I work. I just hope this isn't the peak of the season. Right. That that's the only thing. Like, okay, this is awesome, but now we'll like build on it, you know. I don't think it will be, and especially yeah. watching the NFL today and watching, you know, the Bears and Packers and the Vikings mm-hmm. getting beat. I mean, it's Detroit's division to win, and yeah. and Campbell knows it. And I'll tell you what, he's he's already proven it in the last two games they played with the Packers and now Kansas City, both road games, and uh, he's got balls absolutely gigantic. Yeah. I mean, going for it there on that fourth down call and getting it, but the balls to go for it, and really they drove it downfield. They kept themselves in the game with that drive. I mean, the team picked up the confidence at that point, and – you know, and it definitely wasn't the SOL because the Lions then closed it out at the end when they needed to. I mean, it was that was one of the more satisfying Detroit Lion games okay. that I can remember. It, it really it was, was. It was it was satisfying. It was it, it was unbelievable when they won it. I mean, I was like laughing as the clock was milling <laughs> down. It was a little bit concerning. I like I almost felt like the Chiefs lost it more than the, the Lions won it down the stretch. Bit, and I mean, in bit. the NFL, you take wins any way you can get them. That's right. And, and just to put a bow on the Tariqo thing, is there an asterisk? Would I necessarily use that word on this win? No. No. Was it a great win? Yes. Is it obviously not the Super Bowl winning Chiefs without those two guys? No. Right. It's still a playoff team. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still at Arrowhead. It's it's still a, one of the biggest wins of my lifetime as a Lions fan, probably the biggest. Was it the upper, you know, beating the Super Bowl champions? Maybe not. You can't put it to that level. Anyway. That's fair. Yeah, I was That's a little fair. bit worried about uh, some of the things I saw. One, I, this was the biggest shocker to me. I thought Ben Johnson's play calling was a little bit, left a little bit to, to be desired. A little vanilla, I mean, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was what we normally saw from him. I'm not worried about it. You know, I think he'll be just fine. He'll bounce yeah. right back. But 
the four plays that really concerned me was when we ended up turning it back over to the Chiefs on that fourth and three where we threw it. We went yeah. run, run, run. Gibbs didn't yeah. touch the ball on either on any of those runs. Uh, and then we went a throw on fourth and two. Nobody open at all. It gets batted down. I, I just I thought that that was a really rough spot where if this was the Chiefs in midseason, Mahomes makes you pay there. Mm-hmm. Or if Mahomes has maybe a weapon that can catch one of those passes, they end up getting into field goal range there. Or if that one holding call they had when they got a gain of about 20 to Sky Moore didn't happen, you know, we end up losing that game anyway. Uh, another thing that worried me, I'm going to say a lot here, David Montgomery. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of expected more from him. I know it's just one game. He looked a little bit small. I thought he was a little bit bigger than what I than what he looked like. Maybe that's because he had number five on, which I love, by the way. But I just I wanted to see a little bit more juice from him. Gibbs, he's everything that was advertised. I mean, only nine touches, sixty yards, but wow, <laughs> when he gets the ball in his hands, I mean, you can't take your eyes off of it. Nope. He is so freaking fast. He's electric. I love seeing it. My num- other last concern, I really do think we need another weapon at wide out. And I know Williams is coming back. I'm not sold on him. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I know other people are. I-, I just, I'm not there yet. And the rumor was floated out there about a potential Mike Evans trade. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, I'd love to see that happen. What would they I have to give up? Play. What would they have to give up to get him? A second, Probably a third? A couple picks, that you would think. A couple picks. But, yeah. It's worth it, in my opinion. I think this is a win-now team. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, they, they're young. They're building. But I just think they could really use one more piece on that offensive end, and I think he's the perfect candidate for it. So I would love to see them make a trade. With all that being said and done, it's the biggest win uh, as a Lions fan of my lifetime. I never <laughs> thought in a million years we'd win that game. So <laughs> to win it, I don't care how it happened. I don't care how ugly it looked. They got it done. Uh, yep. So I can't really complain too much. Yeah, because normally those would be games that they would figure out a way to lose. They yeah. would let Mahomes score in the last 20 seconds of the game to lose or something like that. So, yeah, it was cool to watch. I mean, I, the Jamison Williams things, I, I think, obviously he's very unproven in the NFL right now. The one thing that does concern me, the thing that he's supposed to bring to the table is stretching the field, you know, deep balls. And Jared Goff doesn't really throw the ball deep very often. So it's almost kind of like – okay, Jamison Williams might have this skill, but is Goff really even going to throw him the ball like that? Because, you know, St. Brown seems to be the, like, underneath crossing route dig type of guy. And then Jamison Williams is supposed to be over top, like Tyreek Hill. And Goff doesn't really push the ball down the field that often. So I'll just be curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, the the Montgomery and Gibbs thing, it's almost like they were trying to feel it out, like see what they got out of Gibbs. Let's just see what he can do. And I'll be curious to see how they play out because right now it Gibbs almost looks like you got it. He's got to be on the field. You have to figure out a way to get him 15 touches, 18 touches a game. I don't care what it is. That little swing pass they threw to him. Like you said, right when he caught the ball, he was 10 yards up the field. (laughs) So you, you got to figure out a way to get him the ball. And you know, the other side note, Trico was, was one of the big things. The Chiefs' right tackle lining up in the backfield every play. And he was basically false start every play. It was just like, what is going on? How does everyone see this? And the referees don't. It's not like it was one time. It was literally every play. Terry McCauley saw it. He said it right on the broadcast. I couldn't believe it, man. He ripped him. He said he's doing it every time. Right. It was bizarre. When the rules analyst says that, it's like, hey, what is going on? And then they finally did call it the one time at the end of the game that helped the the Lions out. But that was just bizarre. That was just, it was, that was bizarre. 
Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to college football, but I, one final thing. I mean, we've talked about it before, but Holmes, the the draft. I mean, boy, did they plug some holes with with quality players or what that are I mean, playing Brian right Branch. now and contributing? Yeah. Brian Branch, Branch look, yep. look, make some plays. I mean, Campbell, I would have liked to have seen maybe more from him. I, the, that was another kind of what, what's going on with this. He's supposed to be an NFL-ready linebacker, and he's not even starting. Uh, that was maybe a little bit concerning. But yeah. uh, I have one final kind of hot take. I don't even know if it's hot, but I, but you guys might really disagree. Is Aiden Hutchinson overrated? And I'm saying this, he's a great player. I love no. him. I'm glad we drafted him. He was the right pick. He plays no. hard. He's the right culture guy. But we're I think people were putting him on this like kind of Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, you know, TJ uh, Watt, like kind of level. And I just don't know if he is that. I think that's right where he's at. He's working his way to that point. He's he's the real he's the real deal. I mean, think about it's his second this, year. This was something that uh, I'll just give him a shout. Phil Anise was kind of talking to me about uh, um, Buddy when I was golfing. Basically saying, "I like when you look at Hutchinson's sacks, it's not like he's Von Miller, you know, off the edge there and a lickety split. It's like it's the quarterback scrambling right. He's you know evading some other rusher, and then Aiden Hutchinson is you know trying hard, and he gets there you know late, and he makes the sack, and he makes the play." He obviously played great in the Green Bay game last year. We remember that. I just was looking for him to make a play down that stretch of that Kansas City Chief game as they're, you know, in two-minute drill or whatever it was, those last six, seven minutes. And he just never had that that game-breaking sack. I'm not saying he's not going to get there. I just worry that we maybe are overrating what Aiden Hutchinson is and passing on guys like Jalen Carter, who looked like a man possessed for Philadelphia today, had a huge sack in a critical spot in that game against New England. I just I don't know. I'm being I'm being narcissist. I don't want to be because the Lions seem to have turned the page. We're end of the new year, but that was maybe one of my hot takes that I had from week one and maybe just from his rookie year overall. I think one thing to remember with that little comparison you did, Jalen Carter was going against Mac Jones, who right probably is as fast as Ted is right now, <laughs> and then Aiden Hutchinson is going against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, who know how to dial up quick passes and stuff so and a cheating right tackle too and a cheating right tackle so i don't want to like aiden hutchinson's a 10 sack a year guy you know he's he's great i just he's 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 a great player that you want on your team i just i don't know if he's that you know defensive player of the year type caliber i'd love to see him get there i haven't seen it yet he had three three interceptions last year too he was a great he he played i know I know, I know. I'm just listen. You're just, getting just swayed, but you're getting swayed by your golfing partner. That's what it is. Well, because it was something I was kind of thinking as well. Because you, I, I, I was, I, I, I was talking to my coworker. I was like, man, dude, place a bet on Aiden Hutchinson to get a sack today. It's a, it's a no brainer. Plus one sixty five. Never <laughs> right. got it. Yeah. And in the end of the day, with three tackles, no real memorable plays. But they got the family mic'd up. They got this. They got yeah. that. They could have done good. without that. They could have done without that. Yeah, I'll they, tell you that. They need to move on from the whole family thing. You got that the right. mom and dad. Like, all right, we we get it. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of the family, you know, and obviously Aiden, uh, Michigan alum, his dad also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wolverines just keep rolling against, uh, again, inferior opponent in UNLV. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about it in our instant reaction video. Um, JJ McCarthy, I don't care if it's ECU and then UNLV, you still have to go out there and make the plays and make the throws. And, and he just looks, he looks everything that people are saying, a, a first round talent uh, quarterback. I mean, he is just on the money. 
He's evading sacks and throwing on the run. He he took off on a couple runs, you know, uh, against yes, UNLV, um, throwing a few deep balls. I mean, he's he's doing everything right. He's got like a ninety five percent completion yeah. percentage right now. He, um, he hasn't thrown an interception, um, you know, this year. I know again only two games, but I mean I don't know. Every, everything out of JJ McCarthy is a plus. The run game kind of uh, it seems like it's figuring some stuff out. You know, Donovan Edwards, it seems like they're trying to figure out ways to get Edwards the ball other than just like handing it to him. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to see how that evolves, you know, over the next few weeks. Blake Corum looks fine. So, uh, but man, the big takeaway for me, I guess, is what I'm saying out of two after two games is JJ McCarthy is the real deal. Yeah. And, and what cracks me up about how people will say, oh, well, the competition. Remember last year, like the entire season, it was like, man, can JJ do it? Like we didn't right. know it until the Ohio State game. It's like, yeah. are they gonna are they gonna unleash this guy or what? Like we didn't really know what we had. He's looked incredible. Yes. The rest of the team, I'm a little concerned about. The defense yeah. is good. I'm not. I can't. I'm not. I'm, I can't put too much stock into the defense. They've been shutting out opponents. They've looked damn good. But like you said, Donovan Edwards hasn't really made a splash yet this year, and mm-hmm. it, and it almost feels like play calling or just this new kind of JJ centric offense. It's just like it almost feels like he's kind of getting cut out. I mean, right. he only had six rushes for nine yards, five five catches for twenty five yards in that game. Just right. haven't seen the Donovan Edwards we were kind of hoping was going to be this next level, maybe even usurping like Blake Corum as the mm-hmm. best best player on this offense. Yeah, uh, and I just haven't seen it yet. That makes me a little yeah. bit nervous. I, I think that's fair right at this point, but I think once Jim Harbaugh comes back and is on the sidelines, I think you'll see some more consistency, even with the offense and defensive coordinators calls, you know, with Harbaugh back, you know, the man's there, you know, it's, yeah. it was cool to see the, the two interim coaches, you know, Jay Harbaugh, and, love Mike, uh, Mike Hart. Hart. That was cool. And yeah. Hart had the post game interview. That was cool to see. But, you know, once Harbs comes back from doing chain gang duties, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good to see where they're at at that point, I think. So, yeah. And you, looks- you know, you always hear things about they're trying not to show too much in the first few games. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not opening up the playbook, you know, who, who knows? And the other thing is too, you always hear about with college, there's no preseason. So, you know, kind of the first couple of games, especially if they're against cupcakes, right. you know, you are trying to work some kinks out, maybe figure out your offensive line and other schemes and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do going forward, you know, especially like you said, Ted, when, when Harbaugh comes back, because yeah, Everything is there. You know, the rest of the Big Ten, I guess Penn State has looked, you know, pretty good. Kind of same thing. Not not very difficult opponents so far. Ohio State's been a little up and down. I I think they'll probably figure it out and be just fine. But, I mean, Michigan's still sitting at number two. That's probably right where they're going to stay. And uh, this should be their conference again. They should be right back in the playoffs. Same thing we said before the season, and that's what they've shown me so far. Aren't sure. you guys just ready for Harbaugh to be back? Uh, something yes. about these first two weeks, it's like it almost feels like there's like no juice. Right. I'm like watching it. It's like it's like a different team, and it's like a different like you know television product when they're right. not cutting Harbaugh every you know yep. five seconds for his reactions and stuff. It just it feels weird. I love yeah. Mike Hart, you know, getting the head coaching nod. That was awesome to see the post game interview. Awesome, but I just I'm, I'm missing Harbaugh on those sidelines. Yep. Yeah. I agree 100% on that. And I, I will say this. This is, you know, we're going to have fun all the way up to the national championship game. But isn't it great just to have football back, high school, college, pro? I mean, 
having Saturday night, you know, having a couple frosties, watching uh, Texas and <laughs> Alabama, and seeing Nick Saban go down. That was it's just it's just a great time to be alive. <laughs> great. I mean, it was a full it. slate of games. We talked about it uh, that so the Michigan UNLV game being on CBS, right. that was kind of odd. <laughs> you know, it was just yeah. it, it felt I kind of weird. You know, obviously Nestler and Danielson are, you know, two of the best top notch, to, yeah. Top notch. So that nothing against the broadcast, but it was just that that music and <laughs> them two and everything. It was like this should be Georgia. This should be Alabama. You know, yep. like what this is really strange right now. So, you know, that's that'll be fine. Yeah. Next week, Mich- Michigan State, Washington on Peacock. You know, yep. it's just dealing with all that stuff, but um whatever. You're man. So, it's so many good games. So <laughs> you're so right on the CBS thing. It, it is, I, I for one, I love CBS's, like, presentation. I always yeah. have since I was a little kid. Vern Lundquist and, and Gary Danielson, 3.30, 20, 2014. I mean, you were alive. The Blazers. It, yeah, <laughs> I just, I just, it, it's so good. It's something, it's, I'm going to get used to it, hopefully, you know, over the next year or whatever. All these different, you know, TV yeah. broadcasts doing different games, but... I, I miss Joel, man. I miss Gus. I miss the big, the the Fox Big Noon kickoff. I miss miss that noon slate. Uh, but we'll get used to it. I yeah. almost think this is more weirder than the teams changing conferences. I don't know why I have such an attachment to who televises the games, but I just something about it just like threw me for a loop on Saturday. It, it, ta- it takes a little getting used to. And and are we? I mean, is this primetime stuff a little bit overblown? I see Fox, no. their pregame show, is going three weeks in a row to follow them. I mean, no, is, it's no, not. it's the biggest so. story in college football right now, man. Until it's they that lose. Big. I, when I used to say this with like Jake Paul's boxing, you know, until he lost, I was going to be there watching every fight. Uh-huh. This is like until they lose, it's like, how do you not just keep following them? The, the quarterback stud is his son, another just layer to the story. Travis Hunter playing both ways. One of my other favorite little wrinkles, uh, Jay Feely's son, Jace Feely, is their yeah. kicker, and he's a captain yeah. or a leader, <laughs> as they call it. Uh, I just I think until they lose, and they got some really good games coming up, Colorado State rival this week, ah. next week, Oregon. Then after that, if they get undefeated going into USC and Caleb Williams, that's the game of the year. Right oh, there. yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I, just, I, I, I just think it's a bit much out of the gate. I, I understand the love. I understand the hype. But, you know, to be three weeks in a row there – I don't know. It's just to me, it doesn't seem doesn't it's, seem. Right. It's the talk of you know whether social media or it's the talk of college football. College football right now because college game day is going to be there too. Yeah, at, at Colorado. So you got big noon kickoff. You know you got Gus and Joel. College game day is going to be there. The shame is Colorado. Colorado State's going to be a ten o'clock kickoff. So you know yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, there's going to be all that the Holy pregame God. shows, but then you got to wait till ten o'clock for the kickoff of Colorado, wow. Colorado State. So that that kind of sucks. Um, but right, well, then is after it ten that, o'clock at night or it's a ten o'clock at night? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, because wow. we were talking about it. It was going to be we were going to do it out of the Charlotte office if Colorado lost, but they kept winning. So yeah. it's like no, nah, no, that's going to be a bigger game than that big crew. Um, so yeah, bigger crew there. They'll, they'll send a truck out there, but. Um, yeah, then like you mentioned, Oregon and then USC after this. So that's when we'll know for sure. I mean, they, yep. you can't discount. I, I gave my thoughts on the whole Dion thing. You can't. There were one a one win team last year, and they beat a team that was in the college football playoff last year and a program in Nebraska that yeah they're down, but you know that's an, that's an established program um, with a proven head coach. So right now, that's the story. And you beat you beat Oregon and or I say if you go one and one versus Oregon and USC, 
you you got to take him seriously. Yeah, yeah. And the fun, it's like it's all these side stories, and it's every well, yeah, it's all Matt, the haters Matt that Rule. came after Dion. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt Rule, Matt Rule was like, like talking crap about Dion, and Shadur came out and was like, "No, man, <laughs> you're, you're talking smack about my pops, and this, this is personal now." So yeah, it's man. all that kind of stuff, man. You, I don't know, it's fun. It's you all good. Their, you look at their stadium; it was like twenty percent full last year. Sellouts right. now. So I mean, dude, it's just like I, I, it can't be overstated. <laughs> Rich Rodriguez, you know, we love him, we hate him. Always said it takes four years to 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 turn around a program. That's why he always was pissy about not getting that fourth year at Michigan. Sanders did it in a couple of months, man. <laughs> I, I, it's just you can't overstate that fact. It's yeah. it's just unbelievable. Well, yep, Ab, there's no doubt about that. He has definitely turned it around, and the juice is all on them. So we'll see when they do play a couple more really good opponents, like you said. Um, different topic. Just real quick, uh, Coco Goff won her first major and Joker won today at the U.S. Open. Kind of gets put to the side with all the football going on right. the weekend, but it's a great event and uh, it, was, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, U.S. Open, I, I didn't watch as much as I usually do. I, I Kind of similar to golf. I, I'll mm -hmm. watch the Grand Slams or, you know, the majors. Right. Um, US, U.S. Open is super fun, mostly because the, the matches are at good times. It's not like the Australian Open or some of the other ones where they're crazy early in the morning or whatever uh but my, my daughter's kind of get she's getting into tennis too so that, that's kind of peaking my interest a little more nice. um, with tennis but it's just crazy we were watching the coco golf match at work and 19 years old and you just won the u.s open it's mm -hmm. just kind of like your your life is never going to be the same i mean no. you are now you're now on that like serena williams trajectory you know yep. if you can keep your a career going stay healthy obviously is a big part with tennis and everything so it's crazy but and it's not to take anything away from the women because they're fantastic tennis players obviously some of those men's matches man the, they hit the ball so fast and they are covering yeah. so much ground around that court it's just like i the amount of the shape that they have we were talking to noah jacobs last week obviously in incredible shape as a marathon runner i can't imagine these tennis players man playing tennis for four straight hours it's insane yeah <laughs> I, I have never really watched a tennis match i'll be honest well, man never watched one i don't fun. know I, I don't even know if i could do one to report back on the pod it, it would i it feel like would feel like torture I just never got into that sport. It's not for me. Ted, you're talking about your messaging. I was talking about how you got like a dual screen experience going yeah. with football in the U.S. Open. I just it, – it, I seem to be the odd man out. Everybody seems to love it. I mean, I saw the crowd. It was freaking humongous there, and they're live. They're lively. They're loving it. Celebrities everywhere. But I don't know. I just have never been able to get into it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Give it a try sometime, man. I'm serious. Uh, if you really wanted to enjoy something, it is a great sport. Like Matt said, you don't have to watch a lot, all of it. But Wimbledon, if you watch the Wimbledon final or the U.S. Open final, it, do you know how to keep score, by the way, in tennis? <laughs> I know it's like you go, it's like 15, then 30, then okay. 40. Good good enough. You know I played it in gym class, man. It was a unit. You, you learned <laughs> yeah. all that crap. Hated every second of it, but you learned my, it. My first trophy I ever won for it was for tennis. So I got a little there love go. there for tennis, man. Nice. It's all right. Uh, you know, we're running a little long. Instead of having a tentertainment tonight, let me throw this out there. Uh, I, I tweeted something or texted you guys. 
man, this NFL red zone. All right. It blew my mind today. I can't believe it's been on now, what, 15 years, I guess. a long time, man. Yeah, this is the first I've actually sat down. I will say this, though, and I'll I'll only do it when the Lions aren't playing, Matt. You were right on for that. But I don't think I could take a full slate of early games and the later games all in one dose, man. That whole first round of (laughs) of early games, my head was about popped off. There was so much back and forth. And what I guess what didn't you get about what red zone was? What was so awesome about it? No, I knew what it was, but I'd never seen how they present it. You know, this Scott Hansen does He's a good a job. Yeah, he does a great job with I mean, I don't know how he does it. That's that's a <laughs> tough gig all by himself. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the way they do the I mean, hey, the NFL's behind it, so you know it's gonna be good. I mean, right. the way they do the graphics and they have stats over to the left side of the screen and the way they they just bounce between game after game I and mean, it's it's just awesome it really is i'm gonna keep it no matter what my future plan is i did sign up for an extra week of fubo till i figure it out i'm still holding out hope that espn comes back to cable may happen may not <laughs> but uh, uh i really like the nfl red zone and whatever whatever program i end up with i'm gonna i'm gonna get that you were lloyd christmas laser beam <laughs> on this tv watching red zone huh it no, was it, it, it was tough <laughs> it's it's great like you said obviously when the lions are on i'm i'm not flipping away from the lions you know i'm not the the cut-ins that they do during the lions game that's good enough for me to get yep. updates or you know you can check scores on twitter or whatever uh but yeah when the lions aren't playing it is a great way unless there's a matchup say josh allen versus patrick mahomes or something like that that you mm-hmm. really want to watch yeah. flip on the red zone and you can just sit back and be entertained the whole time because right scott hansen is great obviously at what he does the pre- the presentation We've done it before down here, call it like a whip around or like bases loaded. We do it during um, baseball and softball season when there's a full slate, same idea. And we just bounce from baseball, softball game, same idea as the red zone. And people love it. People will tweet or, you know, email, you know, whatever, and be like, we love that we can see the whole conference of baseball and softball in a couple hour presentation. I honestly don't know why it's not a thing for every sport, you know, yeah. when there's a full slate of games because it, it's almost a no brainer. But yeah. yeah, the red zone is it's the way to go. If, if there's not one game you have to watch, it's the real deal. The only the only little bit of criticism I would have, and it's very minor. Uh, if there's a way to pot down the broadcast teams a little bit more when Hanson's talking over them, it's a little, <laughs> yeah. you, you hear a little bit of that background. It's a little discerning, but that's the only complaint. Well, I really isn't have. That Hanson is more so driving the ship, like right. setting it up for the announcers to take over. So there's oh, going to be that overlap. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Oh, I'm not he's, in the industry, so I don't know. Yeah. He's, be, he's become a little more of the um, like personality, but when it started, he literally would just be like, let's go to Detroit for Detroit right. and Chicago. Oh, gotcha. Let's go over to Cincinnati for Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. But now he's kind of turned into a little bit of a personality. So he does a little more. Yeah. But I think that's kind of yeah what Jared's saying. But it's, all, it's, it's all great. Yeah, you know, it, it's good. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so Sunday you'll be watching Lions. You're not going to be red zoning it. Nope, I'll be watching Lions for sure. And I will tell you today, like I said, that, that first dose of it, all the early games – I had a I had to calm down a little bit. So I uh the the two national games with the national crews, you know, Romo and Nance and uh and the and the Fox crew, I just settled down and said, okay, I'm I'm just flipping back and forth between these two games and listening to their commentary. And that's how that's what I did for round two. Yeah. So, so now the now the question, you know, you're talking red zone, we're talking, you know, you talk Romo Nance and 
Yeah. Talked about Gus and Joel, CBS, Nestler, Danielson. Right. We've talked about it before. Monday night matchup tomorrow is it's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. You're going to be watching uh, Troy and Joe? Are you a Manning cast? No, no. I'm we, watching. We've talked about it before, but where, where are we sitting? I'm watching, I'm watching Joe and Troy, and I'm going to record, since I can, <laughs> I'm going to record the Manning cast. So, yeah. Well... That, your FUBU free trial has got to be just about your second FUBU free trial has got to be running up, man. I mean, what, you got to be no Saturday morning. Decision? It goes Saturday morning to Saturday morning. So uh, <laughs> I, I still have two more emails I can use. So <laughs> I've got, I've got two more weeks after this. And I'm, like I said, I'm hope, hoping they pop, I, it, pop I it back say, to cable. I will say if, if, if ESPN goes to spectrum, Yep. I take back. You are the smartest man that's that's ever lived. You you are the ultimate swindler. So I can't say anything, but I don't think that's going to happen. But if that it, does happen, I I will be wrong. It may well, not. I'll I'll say this. So Saturday, you said Saturday to Saturday, right? Michigan State Washington is on Peacock. So I know you signed up for that. Yeah, I have Peacock. And then the the Michigan game is at seven thirty, but on Big Ten Network. So. I have Big Ten Network. Right. So you, you might be okay on Saturday. If, if you end up dropping ESPN, you might be able to, you know, you can catch Michigan State and then the Michigan game if you have to. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, yeah, yeah. One, way or the, one way or the other, Matt, I will be getting ESPN Saturday, whether it's right out of my pocket or another free trial. I mean, I'm, is, I can't is, live without that. Is it really that. this easy of a free trial? I mean, it, it kind of sounds – I actually had my brother text me. He said it's the best. Like, he basically was – he's like, this is brilliant. It's simple. It's, it's kind simple. of intriguing. I mean, I'm paying 75 a 75 a month right now for YouTube TV, which yeah. I love. But I mean, I, I'm going to run out of time eventually. But it's simple right now. It really is. <laughs> wow. All right, let's call it a podcast, boys. This has been the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a membership. Get yourself healthy. Sign up for their August 20 or October 21st Go Green Go Blue 5K Run Walk as well. We also want to thank our local friends. They include AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Again, a thank you to Tyler from Michigan High School Football Frenzy. Follow him on the socials at MishFBFrenzy. And uh, this uh, Friday night, we have the Z92.5 Castle Game of the Week. It's uh, September 16th, Corona at Owasso. I'm going to a little bit miss my sideline duties, but I'm going to go up and join Casey and Bart to offer a few comments throughout the broadcast. Hopefully don't step on any toes, but I'm looking forward to being back up at Wilman. It's going to be a lot of fun no matter what happens on the field, but uh, it's always great to be up at Wilman, boys. It's, it's nothing like it. it. It's such a cool environment. We've talked about it so much, but especially because, okay, even if Corona is going to be a heavy favorite, seems like Owasso has turned it around a little bit like they're they might have a little bit of hope yeah. going into the game which is big so hey well they definitely do a few years ago I mean Owasso was going through these stretches of zero wins zero wins zero wins then they went one and eight that one win was against Corona right I mean they they have they're they're playing for something man they're playing for pride yep. I mean when Absolutely. you line up against Corona the Crosstown rival you you don't I mean maybe they might not win but you don't want to get blown out they want to right. show like hey, this is a new program we're taking a turn uh, for the better and yep. you hope it's a good game but we'll yep. see well we'll be there and you can hear it live on z925.com uh, follow us on the socials three, at three point pod and like I always say peace and love we really need it right now everybody be kind. Thanks for listening. 
Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.